I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I am your host, as usual, Liam, or at the FSA tweets on Twitter, and we have a jam-packed show from the week seven um, slate of games. But first, Rich, my lovely co-host at Dynasty Island, how are you doing, my friend? That you're flying high right now after the Jets. I'm very game. good. I also just want to show you my t-shirt. Yeah, I knew you'd be wearing it. I knew it. I knew it. Shout out to Mugs. Um, yeah, look for those the, of the you. For those of you listening that can't see Rich on stream, you can head over at Five Yard Dynasty um, or at Five Yard Rush, 8 o'clock every Tuesday, and you can see him wearing this lovely um, Source Gardener t-shirt with the cheese head on after the Jets beat the Packers last week. Just wants to rub it in a little bit more. Yeah, it's going to be a regular fixture, I think. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm very good, mate. Thank you. Very good. Um, how, was your, how was your week? Um, it was good. I mean, my minus, dynasty rosters have started to, minus the Packers losing three straight in a row and haven't done that for um, a good number of years, into, basically back until Mike McCarthy. But um, yeah, good week. Dynasty-wise, I think my redraft leagues went worse than my dynasty rosters, which isn't good. Um, but yeah, 
How has your fantasy football week gone? Take the Jets out of it for once. Yeah, I had a good one. I had uh, another 69.69% win rate. That's two two weeks on the trot, which, um, yeah, I'm very pleased with. It seems, to be honest, it's, it seems to be outside of fantasy charity tournaments where I'm doing abysmally, um, it seems to be a very good dynasty season for me so far, which would... Um, hope it continues. Um, Warrior Bowl and Scott Fish Bowl, I'm doing okay in. Um, I'm, well, I'm doing better than average in the rest of them, I don't really want to talk about. Um, I'm being beaten by Paul Pick and one of our writers um, in the JT2, which he came last in last year. And he's loving the fact that we're, we're in the same league and I'm below him. So um keeps rubbing that in my face. But you've not come here to, to listen to myself and Rich gloat about our wins in fantasy football you've come here uh, to listen about some dynasty takes so let's dive into the first segment which is the highest scorers so for those of you that are new we use this points system our four point touchdowns for quarterbacks and ppr for every other position no titan premium uh, because i don't like it so starting at the quarterback position you've got Joe Burrow having a monster game with uh, Jamar Chase um, with 39.2 points, Rich. That is uh, Joe Burrow getting back to his um, highly explosive play style. I mean, he was sneaky good before this week, and then this week he just proved that he should be in that top tier um, or maybe even that tier two. Depends on how you've got that top five or six in Dynasty right now. Yes, but it was very impressive performance yet again. Uh, I think that's back-to-back weeks over 32 points, wasn't it? He's 32 and a half last week, and then obviously 39 this week. Um, yeah, really impressive. We talked last week about the shift to essentially purely shot, shotgun offense. They, again, only went under centre, um, basically for Neil Downs and, and anything less than, I think it was third and one, they were under that, under centre once for a, a QB sneak, potentially. Um, I'm very intrigued to see how that goes over the next couple of weeks, because with the NFL, it's always a case of, if you do something new and different, it takes, you know, three or four weeks until somebody starts to get film and you starts to adjust, and it'll be interesting to see if that happens. So, yeah, the, the Bengals are now an exclusively shotgun offence. They run Their run game is basically all RPOs and, and shotgun runs. So it'll be interesting to see if now teams realise that, and that's now a two-week thing, how long it takes teams to adjust and whether we're going to see potentially discontinue for another week or two, although it could then potentially dip down in sort of three or four weeks. So, yeah, very, very interested to see how defences adjust against Joe Burrow. Yeah, Rich, um, you were right. It was over 32 points. It's 32.5, so kudos to you with your... Uh... With your memory skills there, <laughs> I have no idea how you remembered that because I can't remember who was even in the top three of each position last week. Um, and then moving on, QB2 on the week was Andy Dalton with just under 30 points. Um, massive Thursday night game, throwing two pick sixes, which I'd argue one of them wasn't his fault. Um, but that monster game from him. And then Daniel Jones as QB3, so two guys that we probably didn't really think about as top three quarterbacks on any given week. Um, but Daniel Jones, Rich, QB3 with just under 29 points. Um, 
it's crazy to think that we're talking about Jan- Daniel Jones here, considering he was going for late second type of value um, in the off season. Was as what, much as two, three, you, two weeks ago, I think. Well, yeah. Uh, what do you or how do you see Daniel Jones right now? Because they, the Giants, obviously don't have the fifth year option picked up on him, so he is a free agent next year, playing for his contract, but. For fantasy purposes, and I suppose for the real life NFL, he's taken a real step forward. And um, we've always known that he's had that rush, uh, rushing upside, but he's taken that to the next level in terms of fantasy production, at least. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been out on Danny Jones for the last six months because I was convinced that there is no way he is the starting quarterback for the Giants next year. Because the way I view kind of head coaches and regimes is in the NFL is that unless you are elite, you get one pick at a quarterback. Daniel Jones is coming to the end of his rookie contract. He is a free agent at the end of the season. In order for him to be the giant starting quarterback next year, they would have to re-sign him to a you know, probably 20 million plus a year contract. That's essentially Brian Dable staking his future as the Giants head coach on Daniel Jones. And I've always just been of the opinion that's not going to happen. They're going to have this year, they're tearing things down. They're going to be in a position where they can, you know, a bit like the Bills did under Sean McDermott, a bit like the Bears are doing this year, where they have a, a competitive first year, but it's really about that second year. We get a quarterback in, let's build around the team going forward um i'm ready to have that conversation now i don't know if i'm there to say daniel jones is gonna be the quarterback for the giants next year i think i'd still lean towards him not being around but look they're six and one i think at this stage we can say they're gonna be in the playoffs i don't know if they sign him to like a massive deal maybe it's like the andy dalton deal that he got when he was with the bengals where it was like mid mid tier money and it was basically a year's rolling contracts and i wonder if that's the deal that they're going to sign him to you know it'd be 20 to 25 maybe like 30 million guaranteed so he gets like a year and a half guaranteed so they're not committing to him long term but he hangs around for for another year but yeah i think look i, I don't really know what to say he's qb9 on the season he's doing fantastically he brings really interesting running the upside um I, I want to be more confident that he's going to be around and he's going to be a great dynasty asset, but I am a little bit concerned that I think if he's not the giant starting quarterback, I don't think he's going to be a starting quarterback and that value just plummets. So yeah, I can't sit here and say he's a great buy. He's a great asset because I, I, I apologize. This is awful content because i literally don't know what to say, but I just, I just can't decide whether, to commit to him or not from a dynasty perspective. So yeah, if, if you if you feel confident that he's going to be the giant starting quarterback, then he's probably an incredible buy. If you feel confident that he's not going to be the giant starting quarterback next year, then you probably need to be selling him as soon as possible because come the end of season, his price is just going to plummet. So let me put this um, scenario out there. You're a contender. You're looking for either a QB3 with um, some of the news or some of the buyers hitting what kind of price are you looking to pay for him right now? 
um, if you're a contender and you're not too worried about the future. I mean, obviously, there are probably other better options, but right now, contender, uh, probably not looking to the future for, for this pick. What are you looking at buying? I'd pay any second for him right now. Um, i pay more, maybe two seconds. <laughs> maybe if one of those is 2024 then yeah i wouldn't pay two 2023 seconds um he's in a tier for me with geno smith tom brady james winston mac jones where i'm like you you've all kind of got some fancy potential and some fancy production you know i think geno brady daniel jones are all good this year but i don't know what is happening next year and that's kind of the bucket i'm in on on all of those guys at the moment so, Rich, moving on to the running backs, we've got um, Austin Eckler with another week of over 30 points. I believe that's three in a row now. Um, and then just 0.2 points behind him is Josh Jacobs, again, having an absolutely crazy season. And a guy that's just sneaking, uh, snuck into the top three at the running back position is Kenneth Walker. Um, I mean, th- there's a bit to discuss there, but Josh Jacobs, Rich, at the moment, he's running back two on the on the week and he's inside the top five at the moment um on the year in ppr he's being used as a workhorse right now do you see this happening for the rest of the year what do you see with his future because he's not got a contract right now with the raiders i think he is i mean you can't he's he's an amazing buy but you can't go and buy him because i think his price is going to be sky high but Look, the, the reason he was valued as he was, and yeah, you can slag him off and say, you know, he wasn't getting the, the full workload. There was lots of talk of Amir Abdullah and Brandon Bolding and, and people like this that were going to take the passing down work. He's getting, as you said, that workhorse role. Now, the concern is, is that he is a free agent at the end of the year. The history of free agent running backs in the last couple of years hasn't been great. I don't expect him to get a massive deal. If you were to say to me that he's going to re-sign a, you know, a contract extension for two years to stay in at Las Vegas. Great. I'd, you know, he'd probably jump five, six, seven spots in my ranks, but I I just don't know what's going to happen at the end of this year. And and for me, I'm a little bit nervous investing on in him at the price you'd have to pay right now to go and get him. So I think if, you know, if you've got him, if you're a contender, ride him, ride him till the walls fall off. It's basically what Las Vegas is doing. Let's be honest. Um, if you're not a contender, I think you've got to be selling him right now. Rich, another running back that I wanted to talk about, um, kind of mentioned it just is Kenneth Walker. I mean, this is his, his second great game. What do you see for him in the future? Do you see him being a mid to late RB1 for the future now, especially with his current age and what potentially is going to happen in that backfield with Penny now out on IR? Um, but for the season and no one else there, are you kind of expecting him to be in that just fringe running back one, mid running back one question mark? I, no, no fringe running back one for me. He's he's firmly a, a mid running back one, I think, from dynasty circles. Look, the guy was a great prospect. You know, we I think he was like a 92nd percentile prospect in my model. He ticks every box. The only question mark was potentially the pass catching ability, which we didn't really see in college. And then he's, you know, he's a little bit slow to get going in the NFL because he was playing behind Rashad Penny. But as soon as that injury's gone, it's wheels up. He's he's been fantastic. He's he's my RB seven currently. 
So he's in a tier behind Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler. I could easily see him jumping over both of those by the end of the year um, and put him in that kind of swift Barkley, Brees Halter. Um, I think that you've seen everything you need to know. I think the guy's going to be a fantastic running back asset for the next two, three years. So, Rich, moving over to the wide, re- wide receivers. Uh, Jamar Chase, kind of not expected, but a name that you don't get surprised about as the wide receiver one on the way. Then two, again, surprising names. You've got Tyler Boyd, another Bengals wide receiver with 29.5 points, um, and that mostly coming from a long, or say mostly, um, a lot of it coming from a long touchdown pass with a lot of rack in there. And then um, Mikael Hardman with a multiple touchdown game um, as the wide receiver three with 28 points. Is this just a way of saying the wide receiver so deep you can play anyone and they've got the chance to pop off? Or how, how are you interpreting this week? Or was it just that know. crazy? And there are so many wide receivers that were out like um, Justin Jefferson um, was it just I don't know if you can say or like, AJ Brown, Cup, and etc. Stephon Diggs, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you can say just play anyone. Look, T- Tyler Boyd is boring. He's unsexy. He's perennially underrated, and he will continually produce as a wide receiver three, wide receiver four, and and have boom weeks. That's that's Tyler Boyd, and that's going to be Tyler Boyd for the next couple of years. McCall Hardman, look it. <sighs> you can't look at what he, he put up and say that that's a great wide receiver performance because most of it was done on the rushing side. Um, he is a gadget piece. He is lightning fast and he's going to have boom weeks where he scores a couple of touchdowns, you know, has a long run, has a long catch. Yeah, you know, fantastic in best ball, but I, I'd love to see people that started McCall Hardman in their dynasty rosters this week and probably someone will start him and think, oh, he might, he, he might have another week and he'll probably burn you for the next two. So, yeah, um, I, I I don't particularly like rostering McCall Hardman. I'm I'm probably never going to roster roster McCall Hardman unless he carves out a significant role. It's just a fluke that that happens every now and then with him. Rich, moving over to the tight ends, we've got George Kittle again, another name that we're not too um, unfamiliar with at the top three. Then you've got Juwan Johnson, again a, a name that we've heard of this season, but. Don't think we ever expected him to have multiple Touchdown weeks in machine, the top 12. Yeah, uh, the top three, sorry. And then you've got Travis Kelsey, um, five points behind Juwan Johnson, Juwan Johnson sorry, with 15.8 points. Um, again, this is no tight end premium. This is just normal PPR. But Rich, George Kittle, is this his welcome back game or is this just a boom week for him? I think this is absolutely his welcome back game. And I think this is absolutely the opportunity. The the absolute, yeah, the most ridiculous holiday (laughs) ever. Um, This is absolutely your opportunity to go and sell George Kittle. I am, I want no part of George Kittle. I think that he is going to be boom bust. I think that now there's, you know, four legitimate weapons in that offense that are all going to be commanding target shares. He's not going to be able to see, you know, he had a 19 point something target share this week. He's not going to be able to see that on a week to week basis. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm. I think if you can get top five tight end prices for George Kittle, I'd absolutely do that right now. I think. Look for me, he's he's not in that elite tier, and he's he's probably in the third tier in terms of where where we're looking in terms of tight ends. So if you can use this to to spin him off and say, look, George Kittle's back, 
great, go and do it because I don't want any pieces of him moving forward. So if you're a contender, you've got price, don't just go and give him away. But make sure you get a decent price for it. So if you've got George Kittle and I think you're on mute, Liam, I can't hear you. I'm still here. I haven't muted myself. Can you hear me now? This is where Rich figures out that his AirPods have dropped or something. Right, I'm just going to have to carry on talking. So what I was going to ask Rich is if George Kittle, um, if you're a contender, you've got George Kittle, should you trade up for like a Travis Kelsey or a Mark Andrews? And that's probably something that I personally would do. I don't know how Rich values that, but I think I'd add maybe a second in in tight end premium. Um, we'll, we'll see what Rich has to say in a minute when he's at, when he's connected his other set of headphones. Um, but yeah, I think if you can add maybe a second to George Kittle to get someone like an, a Kelsey or a Mark Andrews, that's probably a move I'm making as a as a contender. Rich, do you agree with that? I, I didn't hear all of it, I'll be honest. I'm not quite sure what I did with my headphones, but I managed to disconnect them. Um, but yeah, I, I think you were saying pay up to go from George Kittle to go. And yeah, move, move up. Yeah, rather yeah, than move I, down. Is the yeah, way I'd, I'd absolutely do that. To be honest, I think I'd add probably a first. I think I'd probably add a late first, really? maybe even a mid first to go from Kittle is to, this, to Kelsey or Andrews. Is this tight end premium or are you talking flat? In, in, a, in, a, in a normal league, in a normal league, Look, I'd add. That's interesting. Yeah, I think I'd add probably anything later than like seven or eight in a first round to go and get Mark Andrews. That's which might be a great you, you I don't think you have to pay that because no, you know, I don't think you do that week. I think you you know two seconds you're probably getting the deal accepted in an instant. But yeah, as I said, I'm I'm really down on Kittle and I'm incredibly high on Mark Andrews. I think Kelsey is a good uh, a good target right now, especially with him being on a buy. Um that Kittle uh, that Kelsey owner might be swung by a little lower deal than normal. Um but that's the highest scorers rich we're going to move on to the significant news and we do have a good portion of significant news unfortunately and um, we'll start over with the jets running back at Brees hall so he tore his acl and is out for the season that seemed to be confirmed pretty quickly um considering we're talking about this guy maybe even being at the running back one conversation over the past few weeks a uh, tough loss for obviously your Jets, but then a, a, a tough loss for dynasty communities, and obviously uh, we feel sorry for the uh, for the player himself. But then piggy, piggybacking onto that kind of news, Rich, about twenty four hours later, maybe even a little bit longer, we had news that James Robinson is being traded from the um, Jacksonville Jaguars to the New York Jets. So. Brees Hall has gone down for the for the season, and you've gone and traded for James Robinson, who was doing really well at the start of the season, um, kind of tailed off for the past few weeks. How do you how do you value both in Dynasty right now and James Robinson for the rest of the season? So I think first of all, the, the Brees Hall news was absolutely devastating as as a Jets fan, as a big Brees Hall fan. It's just not what you want to see at all, is it? It was grim. Um, I think he's 
For me, still a top five dynasty running back. They've said it's only an ACL tear with some light meniscus damage, so no damage to the LCL or PCL or MCL or anything like that. So should hopefully be back in time for the start of next season. Um, so, yeah, if you're not competing this year, if you're rebuilding, I think Brees Hall's a, a very good, interesting player to, to go and buy. The James Robinson side of things, I think it was fantastic from a Jets perspective. They were very aggressive in going out and trading for running back. I think it shows that they really believe they can make the playoffs this year. I think it's we're probably going to see like a 60-40 split. And I think it's going to lean more towards Michael Carter. I've seen some people writing and saying that Michael Carter's going to keep his role and Jay Robinson's going to take over the whole of the Brees Hall role. I don't foresee that at all. I think Michael Carter's going to probably handle all of the third downs, all of the two-minute drill, and get worked in on some first and second downs. And then James Robinson's going to be a first and second down back with you know a little bit of alternative usage. But I still think this is going to be a Michael Carter-led offense uh, running game rather than a James Robinson in terms of opportunities. Yes, James Robinson might see more touches, but I think Michael Carter's going to see the higher value touches. In terms of the Travis Etienne side of things, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's it's massive, isn't it? We've seen a couple of weeks of him producing. You know, I, I was super high on him in the pre-draft process. I then sort of, as we went through the, the draft process and obviously the injury and things like that, I sort of basically went, yeah, I'm out on him. I didn't expect him to return to this sort of value um question for you liam top 12 dynasty back moving forwards do you think that's too rich i've i've seen some outrageous moves and prices quoted he's going for potentially two firsts in some leagues at the moment what i'm selling for two firsts easily yeah according to the dlf trade finder two firsts is uh has been a common trade in the last that's got to be too late first right that can't be anywhere in the mid yeah, I'd imagine yeah. it's too late first, but still, you know, a 23 and 24 first for Etienne feels rich. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd easily sell for two, um, two firsts. Um, the only time where that kind of becomes questionable is if a 25 first would be involved. If it was a 24 and 25, I'm probably not doing that just because 25 firsts are so far out. I don't ever see the value of picking one up right now um, unless it's a free throw in coming back to your top 12 I was sat there trying to think of my top 12 running backs and um, at the moment in the dynasty landscape it's a bit murky around the the 12 spots Um, like that that fringe RB1 kind of sees a lot of running backs kind of hovering around in that area so um, personally I'd say no um, I still need to do my dynasty rankings based on this trade, but I put just thinking about it there. I can't foresee a world where I can put him in right now. He has had started to get more usage. He has started to get more snaps over the past few weeks, and that's probably why they um, traded Robinson away because one, they can get something for him. He was an undrafted free agent. He's been there for a few years. Um, so it, it, it's good churn and good good turnover and profit at the end of the day. But they've seen enough from Etienne to want to play him um, and want to give him that workload. And a, a bit that's kind of unspoken about right now is Etienne's not going to obviously get 100% of the opportunity that 
and Jermichael Hasty only a few weeks ago ripped off a huge run. I think Jermichael Hasty is going to have a bit more of a role in this offense than people realize. He's not going to be just a, a backup that you never see, kind of like a, um, I don't know, Dontrell Hilliard, uh, the Titans with Henry in front of him or someone along those lines. I think he's going to be involved. I'm going to say he's fancy relevant yet, but he's definitely going to be involved. So coming back to your question, no, I don't think he's a top 12 running back right now, but that could easily change in two weeks time when he's had two 20 point games. That's that gets you thinking. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's a fantastic point as well, pointing out Michael Hasty. I think look with Travis Etienne, he's, he's, he's in that range. He's, he's running back 12 for me right now. So yeah, it's, He's, he's around that range, I agree, but I don't yeah. think he's, it cracks my top 12 yet. Yeah, I think the interesting thing you're saying about the Jags, I, I can't get my head around this. I heard, I've read a few people say it in the last two days. I can't get my head around people saying that the Jags did good for selling James Robinson for what is going to be a fifth-round pick. I know there's talk that it's a sixth. Yeah. If, he gets fifth. if he gets 260 rushing yards, it's going to be a fifth. So we can just call it it's a fifth-round pick. Yeah. Like, that's that's basically nothing it's cheap and but but everybody's like well james robinson was a free agent they weren't going to keep him blah 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 james robinson was an exclusive rights free agent because he's an undrafted free agent so all that means is that the team have to offer him a minimum contract and he that's it he's on the roster he can't go out and sign in free agency so like he he's the perfect backup running back to have from Travis Etienne, I don't get why you'd move off James Robinson for a fifth round pick. I think it's 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 wild, and I think for the Jets, it's fantastic because you've got James Robinson. You can use him for the rest of this year. You can keep him dirt cheap next year to potentially ease Brees Hall back in, or you can use him as some sort of you know sign and trade if someone wants to come and pay up for him. You can sign him to a deal and, and trade him away, sort of NBA style, and you've got profit. I just, I just, I feel like that the Jags could have asked for a lot more than a fifth round pick, and I think perhaps them getting rid of James Robinson is more saying this is Travis Etienne's backfield than it was a good value to get for Robinson because I don't think it was a good value at all. I never said it was a good value. I just said they did. <laughs> no, no, no that was the and thing. then. And, and then, yeah. But the, the but, one thing I did want to ask you, Rich, is you said he is an exclusive rights free agent. He isn't. He is a uh, uh, restricted free agent. So for the listeners and for oh, me, okay. I'm not hugely clued up on the difference between them. What is the difference, if you can tell me off the top of your head? And does that change your kind of perception of <laughs> the contract situation? Or is it a very similar situation and it doesn't really matter? No, it's, it's very different. And uh, thank you for correcting me because, yeah, that is completely different. So exclusive rights free agent basically means that the Jets, as I said, the te- his team could offer him a minimum contract and it means he can't go out and sign anywhere else. So it's basically like a free extra year on the end of the deal. Restricted free agent means that he can sign a contract anywhere and the Jets have the right to match. Okay. And... If they don't match, then they basically they can place a specific price tender on him. So say they place, they pr- pay. Ugh, I can't get my words out. They pick to put a second round tender on him. Anyone who signed James Robinson to a contract would owe the Jets a second round draft pick. I see. Um, that the Jets could then have the option to match and keep him 
and not get the draft pick. So yeah, so it's 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 interesting. Um, it is a big difference. Um, and I'll take back everything I've said, slagging off the Jaguars. <laughs> that, that makes more sense now that he's a restricted free agent and not an exclusive rights free agent. So you can just ignore the last four minutes of talk about contracts. But you are you you are right, and I, I think that we're both on the same lines here. That it's Etienne's backfield now. Um, for the majority, I do think Hasty does get a bit more work. Um, but it, this move in the whole process is just the Jag saying it's we we believe in Etienne, and this is now his backfield. Um, staying in the backfields of the NFL. Um, this was news that broke after our show last week. So you you. Probably already know it, but I wanted to add it in here anyway. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was traded to the 49ers. Um, he played just a third of snaps and had 38 rushing yards, 24 passing yards. Um, myself and Rich had a bit of fun on Twitter, skimming up some play that Shanahan will probably end up running at some point. Um, but yeah, Christian McCaffrey, I wanted to get your point on or your take on this, Rich. What, how do you see this uh, playing out for fantasy purposes? Because we've always said that if you can own the running back one, know who the running back one is every week in this um, in this backfield, then that is going to be fantasy gold dust. And now I don't think Elijah Mitchell is ever going to sniff any workload around uh, CMC. I think that's pretty certain. So what, what do you see for Christian McCaffrey in the future. Yeah, I think it's I think it's massive. I think he'll likely see probably less volume. Um I don't think we're going to see the 25 touches that he was in with Carolina, but I think he's going to be far more efficient. I think Shanahan's going to scheme up all over the place. I think you know, we joked about it. It's going to be really interesting the dynamic of having you know, Carl Juszczyk, who's a movable piece, George Kittle's a movable piece, Debo Samuel can line up in the backfield out wide, Brandon Ayuk's used on jet motions and, and end arounds and things. And then you've got Christian McCaffrey, who's, you know, an elite route runner. If he was, you know, a slot receiver in the NFL, he'd he'd be probably a top five one at that. And he's also a running back. So, yeah, I think this offense is going to be fantastic to watch. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to put up a huge amount of fantasy points for the rest of this year. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it, it hasn't changed his value for me specifically because I was already valuing him as a top five dynasty running back the age concerns haven't gone the injury concerns haven't gone um i think if anything it's it's pretty much more of the same just in a slightly different dynamic because it's less volume and hopefully a little bit more efficiency let's get off the running backs rich so wide receivers um we've got a few pieces here so amon ross and brown left the game with a concussion after coming back i believe it was on even on the first series so um the, the big news here isn't that he's going to be out or has a big chance of being out, but that it wasn't deemed a, dec- uh, a concussion and he should be back this week. So if you did um, have him in a few leagues, then he will be back this week. There's not much to worry about there. Um, Mike Williams, he had a nasty looking injury. I don't know whether you saw the video, Rich, but um, a defender was tackling him. Um basically had the ankle underneath him and then was pulling Mike Williams over the top. So the ankle was all the way around the player. It wasn't very nice to look at. Um, But that was determined that it was a high ankle sprain, not a broken ankle, which I know a lot of people were um, 
basically calling out and expecting. So that's maybe a two to six week injury. Um, high ankle sprains tend to linger. So it's just something to look out for when he is back. It may take him a week or two to get full, fully up to speed. DK Metcalf, um, tore a tendon. Um, it's a patella tendon is the way I want to pronounce it. Um, but he won't require surgery. Um, so he probably sits this week and maybe a few others, but, um, it's something just to monitor because we don't have really any timeline on this. It's something to monitor. Rich, this is a um, injury to a player that we both liked as a little bit of a sneaky value, but now I'm not too sure um, whether this actually affects your dynasty opinion on him. Hasn't changed a lot. I mean, the the patella tendon is a horrific injury and normally it's it's not one that people recover from quite frankly. Um, but the good news is, is it's only a mild tear. It's, I think it's not a, a full rupture is what I'm reading. So apparently that means that he's not going to need surgery and he should be good to go in, you know, potentially a week or two. So it's, it's, it's all good news. It's not changed his dynasty value massively. Um, it just means that he might miss, miss a couple of weeks. Um, Rich, let's move over to the quarterbacks. We've got Russell Wilson. He had a hamstring injury. Um, he was out this week. It was a late uh, late decision within the week. But yeah, Russell Wilson, hamstring, he's probably out this week. Um, potentially could play against the Jaguars in London, but um, I can't expect they'll try and play him unless he he feels 100% fit. And his... Um, oh, what, what was the corny saying? He has, was it vampire blood or something? That's right. Oh, <laughs> no. He, he I said some. I attention to anything Russell Wilson says, to be honest. He, he said something stupid about having special blood um, and that he heals better and then was declared out this week, which I found quite funny um, and very Wilson esque. But uh, he's probably out this week, just something to uh, look at when you're setting your lineups. And then. Um, we've got a bit of a quarterback controversy. I don't know whether you saw this, but Mac Jones got benched during the game. I don't know how much of that came um, down to an injury because he's he, that, this was his first game back. He started and then Zappi, uh, the third or fourth round pick, I believe it was, uh, came in and looked pretty good. I mean, it's a Belichick offense. He, he'll scheme around the guy that he's get, got in a quarterback, but... Um, maybe a little bit of controversy just for this season, but I think Mac Jones is going to be the guy going forward. Um, is that how you kind of view this situation, Rich? God, God knows, you know, who knows what <laughs> Bill Belichick is thinking. It, it was weird because he came out and said that they'd always planned to use the two quarterbacks in the game. And yeah, that, that broke just before the game, benched, didn't it? Yeah, they benched Matt for Zappi and then the plan was to put Mac Jones back in but the game was out of reach so they just didn't and it's like I'm sorry if you've got a starting quarterback that is you know you spent a first round pick and you're committed to he's your starting quarterback I've never heard yeah. of it so yeah I th- I think there's more to it than perhaps Bill Belichick is is letting off and I I wonder if we see Mac Jones start this week but that leash is incredibly short. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm concerned about him moving forward in his dynasty value. And I'm obviously quite quite optimistic about Bailey Zappi's dynasty value moving forward. 
Um, and then Rich, another quarterback that got benched, is Matt Ryan. Now, um, if you're listening to this on Tuesday on the live stream, go put some claims in for Sam Ellinger because he's already been named the starter. Um, Don't tell everyone that. I've uh, I've spent a lot, well, I hopefully have spent an awful lot of fab trying to buy Sam Ellinger in a lot of leagues because, uh, yeah, I've, I had quite a lot of Matt Ryan shares and uh, I'm a, in a little bit of a sticky situation. Yeah, likewise, but um, you need to tell FF Goat or uh, Apple, one of the Dynasty writers, because he's already got the um, article over to me for the waiver wire. So, And he's already got Sam Alinga and Nick Foles in there, because um, when go. I was talking to him about it, Sam Alinga is not a, uh, not a guaranteed situation, and Nick Foles is with his head coach that he won the Super Bowl with, I believe it was. Um, so He was offensive coordinator when they won the well, Super Bowl. He was, yeah. But but there's still the the, the offensive coach, shall we say? Um, so it's just a situation to monitor because no one really knows what's going to happen. Everyone's going to put bids in for Sam Ellinger, but you could see Nick Foles starting next week, and no one really knows. Who knows? Who knows? What I would say, is Sam Ellinger profiles obviously. Look, he's a sixth round pick. He, who who the hell knows what he's going to be? But he he was. A more mobile rushing quarterback in college. You know, he averaged like 10 to 12 rushing attempts a game when he was at Texas. So I'm expecting some rushing production. It doesn't always, you know, unless they're Lamar, it doesn't necessarily translate to the NFL as to how much they're going to rush. But I do think there will be some rushing production there. So, Rich, last piece of news is moving over to the tight end position. I've done this quite nicely um, without really realising. Um, David and Joku is the tight end six right now. Um, I'm not including your boy, Greg Dulcich, sorry, but he's only played two games um, and I'm not putting him as the tight end six in points per game. But um, back to Njoku, he's probably out till about week 10. Um, they do have a buy. The Browns do have a buy in week nine. But um, Njoku had an ankle issue, so he's probably out. Load up your Hunter Bryant shares, Rich. <laughs> yeah, Harris, Harrison Bryant, I think he's... Look, he's... Harrison Bryant, sorry, not Hunter well, Bryant. Pharaoh the... Brown also got injured in the game. So Harrison Bryant's the only uh, yeah. fit tight end at the moment in Cleveland. So yeah, fire him up. He's, you know, a tight end is going to be on the field at all times in Cleveland. So I'm sure he's probably available in some leagues. Who's Hunter Bryant? Hunter Bryant's the uh, the line. They came out at the same there. time. Yeah. No, they came out yeah. at the same time. It's Har- Harrison Hunter. I want to say Hunter Bryant went to the Vikings. Um, I don't know where he went after that. This is beyond. You you can search this. Let's move over to the dynasty stock market, Rich. Um, as your um first riser, you've got Ramondre Stevenson. Now he had a great game yet again. Another roughly twenty point game. Um, this was the first game where Damian Harris is back. So do you think that he was kind of being eased in or do you think Ramondre Stevenson has just taken over that backfield? Because I saw that usage and it just looked like it was Ramondre Stevenson all over. Yeah, so maybe I'm I'm uh, hinting if you've not my tomorrow my DLF trade article comes out and uh, yeah, Ramondre is the headliner in that. Shameless plug, yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, I, I think that 
but this is going to sound like a bit of a rant now. I apologise in advance. Um, <laughs> look, I think that running back value in Dynasty, I think over the last 12 months has taken a big hit. And I think that we were spoiled by the 2017 draft class with Alvin Kamara and Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook and, and all those guys. That incredible class that came in has basically been you know, the fantasy darlings for the last five, six years, they're all coming to the end of their careers. And I think that we're now seeing dynasty running backs basically become a year-to-year proposition. I don't think that there are going to be many players at the running back position that you can roster and say they're going to be a starting running back in two years. And I think that, you know, with the prevalence of, of injuries, you know, you see Brees Hall. Brees Hall was held up after five weeks of his NFL career as the Dynasty RB1. That's now disappeared because he's gone and got injured and he's out for the year. Jonathan Taylor was the Dynasty running back one. That's now disappeared. DeAndre Swift was the Dynasty running back two. He's now been injured for most of the year. Najee Harris in the preseason was the Dynasty running back two. He's now not in my top 20. Like, I just think that we're the value on dynasty running backs is so quick to explode and so quick to disappear that I think that you almost have to approach running back as a slightly redraft mindset and say, this guy is going to help me this year and I'll think about next year when I get there kind of thing. And I know that we've talked a few times about the off season now at the beginning of the off season, I basically try and sell all my running backs because I don't want to roster them through the summer because they're one training camp injury away from their value plummeting. And and I'm, I'm kind of like that now. And I'm like, okay, if I've got running backs, great. I don't really want to go and spend massive capital to go and acquire them. I'd rather go and spend a second round pick on Cordell Patterson or, you know, James Connor or someone like that, then go and pay for an elite guy. And then the guy that I think you can go and buy right now that's not elite in price, but I think he's going to be elite in terms of production is Ramon J. Stevenson. He is probably, for me, going to be a top five running back on a week-to-week basis. I think that we talked about it last week about how the Patriots have never given a full workload to a running back in the James White era. Well, the James White era is now finished. We've seen Ramondre Stevenson produce incredibly last few weeks, and I really believe that he is now the workhorse back, and this offense is going to run through him. So if he's a top five back for me on a week-to-week basis, and I'm saying that I don't believe in kind of dynasty value long-term, I'm absolutely all in on Ramondre Stevenson from a dynasty perspective. I would take him over, you know, all those elite guys that that you've known and loved over the past few years, that Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Alvin Cook, Derek Henry, Leonard Fournette. I would, he's a top 10 back. And I think that because of the short-term nature of the running back position because of the way that we see these players explode and then disappear look I'm riding Ramondre Stevenson for the rest of this season because I'm really confident that I think he's going to be a stud 
But the second this season's over, I'm selling <laughs> because I'm so paranoid now with running back value that I think it, it's, it's as soon as anybody gets valued as a top five back, I think you've got to sell them because you just can't invest that much capital and that much of your dynasty kind of team value in the running back position because it can literally just disappear instantly. There is nothing else like it. You know, even if a quarterback gets injured or a wide receiver gets injured, they hold value. Whereas, you know, Brees Hall's injured and he's gone from the running back one. I, in, in, in kind of November ADP, I would be shocked if he was a top 10 running back despite the fact that we he's young, he's a stud, everything like that, because it's what have you done for me lately at the running back position? So yeah, I I'm I'm all in on Ramondre Stevenson. I think his value is is growing. I think he's absolutely the kind of guy that people don't think he's a top twelve back and you can kind of buy high off the back of these two, three great weeks because I think people are like, oh he's he, he's had a few good weeks. Quick, let's sell. When actually, I think this is a sign of things to come for the rest of the season. But yeah, I I I would rather go and spend a, maybe a late first, maybe two seconds on Ramondre Stevenson than going and spending two firsts on Jonathan Taylor or two firsts on DeAndre Swift or something like that. Because I just don't think the return on investment is there to tie up that much assets and that much capital in those elite running backs. Rich, moving on to your second play, you've got Justin Fields on this list. Um, now, that's interesting considering the amount of talk around him not being very good this season, and rightfully so. He hasn't been um, what we expected from a guy like Fields. I know that I put more stock into that offense, the weapons, the offensive line, and the play calling than, more, than some other people do. Um, but Rich, he's been incredible for fantasy, at least, in the past few weeks. Um, I mean, he had a great game against the Pats on um, Monday Night Football. So what are you doing with him right now? Do you think his value has risen to a point where it's kind of similar to where it was in the offseason? Or do you think there's still a gap there? I think it's close. I think it's 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 getting there. Um, I think that this shows to me the value in rushing potential because he's he still doesn't look great as a passing quarterback. He still makes far too many mistakes. He still is very erratic. But the last three weeks, we've really seen him commit to the running game more. And he's had three QB1 weeks in a row. Um, you know, he, he is producing from a fancy perspective because he's getting out and he's moving. And I think that... Look, this is obviously a run-first offense. They are very much wrapping him in cotton wool and not letting him pass loads. But he's not been horrific. I did a little study in terms of today, um, first downs per pass attempt. Because um, I think it's really interesting to see, you know, at the end of the day, when you're passing the ball, you're trying to get a first down, aren't you? And shockingly, the two leading the league were Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, who are both just around 50%. Shocking, I know. But third was Justin Fields at like 45%. And it's like, you know, so when he is passing the ball, he is moving the chains. He is getting those first downs. 
So I think that my concern in the offseason about Justin Fields was basically with what Chicago did, they weren't committing anything to Justin Fields. And they were saying, we're tearing this down. 2023 is when our rebuild starts. If Justin Fields succeeds, it's because he's good. We're not going to put anything around him to try and help him succeed. And at the moment, he's doing enough where I think Chicago are, are going to commit to him next year. And I think that, for me, that can only boost his, his dynasty value. So, Rich, let's move on to the fallers. You've got Deontay Johnson on here as your first one, a guy that we were both high on in the offseason. Um, do we see Pickett picking this up? Pardon the pun. Or are we just... <laughs> Uh, kind of hoping at this point that one of these wide receivers becomes the um, the mainstay for Pickett. This really hurt putting him on here, I'll be honest, because I do love Deontay Johnson. And, <laughs> you do. You know, tar- targets are everything for a wide receiver, and yet he's getting loads of targets, he's getting good targets, yeah. and he's not producing. So, yeah, it's it, it's painful. I honestly don't know. Kenny Pickett, I've been impressed with. He's he looked all right. He just makes stupid throws. And I don't think that's enough to cost Deontay Johnson. I think that he's, he's there or thereabouts. I still think that Deontay Johnson is a good receiver. I still think he's a good fancy asset. I still think he's a top 20 wide receiver. But I think now... You know, he, he was a top 10 receiver for me at the beginning of the season. So he is definitely fallen and I'm less confident in him. Um, I think he's going to outproduce what he's done the last seven weeks because I think there is definitely some regression there. I think targets are real. I think, you know, earning targets is a real thing and, and the guy just gets open. But I am a little bit concerned that this is now... You know, it's becoming a trend of not converting that those targets, those opportunities into fancy production. He's he's last in the league in terms of uh, receiving yards per target, which you know it isn't a real stat. Let's be honest, but it does show that he's not really doing anything with the when the ball's getting thrown his way. So, Rich, let's move over to player of the week now. You've just spoken a lot about those that have risen and fallen. So a riser that I feel that should have been on the list that you haven't put on there um, is Juju Smith-Schuster, another guy that we both liked, but this time it's in the riser column, not the uh, faller column. That's probably because his value dropped at the start of the season. He scored nearly 22 points in PPR this week. Um, But what I really wanted to highlight here was this is his second week with over 100 yards. Um, and a touchdown I mean the touchdown part is nice and it's it's obviously what you're looking for in terms of for boom weeks because if you don't have a touchdown um, which is basically three six points for anyone um, then you're you're not looking at a really really huge boom week but what the biggest thing is the the 200 yard receiving games for him um I wanted to gauge your thoughts on this because we were both really high on him. He's only 25 years old. He is on a one-year deal. But do you think this is a start of something new as he's going into his bye week this week? 
do you think this is what we're kind of going to see from now on or is this kind of a flash in the pan and we might see a few more weeks of this but it's going to be a lot more up and down um kind of like the start of the season has been for him i i don't know i'll be honest i've i've yet to watch this game um i'm hoping to watch it tomorrow i'm really intrigued to see what they're doing so basically the chiefs in the off season kind of went we we let him go Tyreek Hill, and we're going to try and replace him with like three guys. And they basically said Juju is the guy that when teams play zone against us, Juju is going to beat the zone. He's a big body inside that we'll, we'll find soft, soft spots and we'll be able to get the ball to. So he's kind of our zone beater. So I'm really intrigued to see if the reason he's had a good game was because they played a lot of zone against him and it just happened that, that you know, that, that's almost like the Juju week. Um, or whether there was a mix of coverages and and he did do different things with it. So that that's kind of me wanting to watch the game and, and have that opinion. I think just with the way this offense is now, you're going to see some boom spike weeks from Juju. You're going to see some bad weeks. I think you've just got to roll with it. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to commit to him long-term because I just think that he is basically going to be a boom-bust option. So, Rich, let's move over to your player. Who have you got for this week as your player of the week? So my my player of the week is uh, John Joe Hopkins. Look, we, he, he, he came back and suddenly the Cardinals' offense looked amazing. You know, who'd have thought Kyler Murray's stats before this year, passing to John Joe Hopkins and passing to everybody else, were miles apart, and suddenly John Joe Hopkins comes back and the Cardinals look like a function offense. I think George Hopkins is a top 12 receiver the rest of the season. If you're a contender, he's absolutely the guy that you need to go and buy because I think his value is still very low. I think you can probably get him for less than a first. You're probably kicking yourself because you should have bought him four weeks ago rather than now. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think he's he's a really good option. And I think that if you're, you know, I said it, Oh, I think I can't remember if I said it on this pod or, or with the wildcard guys, but if you're a contender and you don't have DeAndre Hopkins, I think you need to look take a look at yourself because you've probably missed the boat. Um, but if you can still grab him cheap now, I'd go and at least ask the question. You didn't say that on this pod. You said something very similar, but it wasn't the exact same. Um, I don't. I don't think you specifically said you need to look at yourself. I think that's a bit harsh. Really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's on the World Cup pod. So, Rich, uh, moving over to the flex off, um, the flex off competition. So, for those of you that are new, the way that me and Rich do this is it's competition between myself and Rich, um, and we go head to head every week. We pick a player in flex consideration. That is, in our eyes, um, when we look at the Fancy Pros ECR, that is, or the weekly ECR, I just wanted to point that out, it's outside of the top 36 wide receivers, top 24 running backs, and the outside of the top 12 tight ends. Um, Rich, neither of us have gone for a tight end yet, and I think that says a lot about the um, current situation around the tight end position. But Looking at the standings this week, Rich, it's three and three. Um, you did end up pulling it back last week, which um, I'm going to call you a cheat for, but 
we both you played the same game there. Mm-hmm. I'd say Chris Olave is a bit more of a cheating player than uh, Damian Pierce. And Damian for those Pierce of you listening, top twelve <laughs> back for me last week. There's no way that that was more Olave cheap. was higher for you as a wide receiver. Is wide receiver single digit wide receiver was he not? No, not last week. No. Okay. Anyway, uh, for the for those Olave of you that. Was... Um, Okay, yeah, I'll take that back. Olavo was wide receiver nine for me last week. Yeah, yeah. there you go. There you go. Um, For those of you that didn't listen to last week's pod, um, when myself and Rich had a look at the weekly ECR, it was quite obvious that some people hadn't updated um, their weekly rankings. So Chris Olave and Damian Pierce were both up for grabs. And so was DeAndre Hopkins that we both considered and decided not to because we thought that was a bit too far, even though Olave and Pierce were picked. Um, so out of those two, Rich did win and pulled it back to a three to three score um, on the season. Rich is on a two winning streak now. Um, so Alave scored seventeen point six points. Pierce only uh, less than two points behind him, but unfortunately for me, Rich did pull out their win. Now, Rich, I'm going to start with my player for this week. Um, I've gone for. A, Dion, no, Donta Foreman, a guy that tore his Achilles a few years ago, um, and now CMC has been traded. He just had over 100 yards on the ground. The question mark I have around him is the fact that Tuba Hubbard was splitting um, snaps with him going into this uh, into this game that's just happened this week. So I think Donta Foreman, if he has a... Um, touchdown in his game this week we're completely talking differently about him um, because a lot of people just go through look at fancy scores uh, fancy points and that's it they don't really look at their games so um, Donta Foreman I think has a solid floor but still has that upside that I want to see he's currently the running back 35 in ECR so it's not like I've just picked the running back 25 Um, but Rich who have you got as your uh, flex off competitor this week for you. So I thought after being accused of cheating last week, I thought I'd go a little <laughs> bit deeper. Um, so I'm going with Wondell Robinson, who is the warranty for 44. So, you know, deep, deeper than you went, Liam, um, in terms of where he's currently being ranked. Um, look, the, the guy, I don't quite get this ranking because basically when he's on the field, he's getting force fed the ball. And there is nobody else in, I almost said Green Bay then, in New York, um, that, that's, basically, that's basically I'm getting say, the ball. At this point, I'd rather have taken Wandale over Christian Watson um, with how our season has gone. And that's saying something. Yeah. Um, look, he, he's basically the only fit wide receiver in New York. He's going to get force fed the ball. Um He's just to give you some some stats here. So he's currently sixth in the league in terms of targets per route run. He's getting targeted on thirty percent of his route run. The only players ahead of him in the league currently: DeAndre Hopkins had an obscene week one target rate, Tyreek Hill, Amon Ross St. Brown, C.D. Lamb, and then Tyquan Thornton, who doesn't really count because he's not really played properly but look Doesn't so Wondell Robinson so far in his in his career is getting targeted more often when he's on the field than Cooper Cup than Devontae Adams than Stephon Diggs like 
I don't know what else I can say. At wide receiver 44, that seems absolutely outrageous. Um, I think that he's got potential to put up a easily top 24 week in terms of PPR scoring this week. Yeah, I, I like the pick, and I was thinking um, with my Don Foreman pick when I saw you had already put Wandale on there that I needed to go with um, someone with a solid floor in case that Wandale doesn't put up those points and it was a flash in the pan, but also has that ceiling. Um, so I kind of had a little bit of a strategy behind it, but ultimately it just comes down to whoever scores the most points. Rich, listener questions now, the last segment we've got for the dear listeners. Um, what have we got in the bag this week? So, so, um, so question from Martin, who's at Lucky Fantasy Guy. Uh, so he said, if you're not going to compete this year, would you try and acquire Brees Hall? If so, what is his value? So we touched on this at the beginning, Liam. Um, would you be going and buying Brees Hall right now? I think it's good practice as a re- rebuilder to go and pick up a guy like um, Brees Hall that hasn't had an absolute catastrophic knee injury um as you said earlier that the the reports were that it was purely an acl and there wasn't anything else there um so i think that a guy with Brees's upside it's a good opportunity to try and get a potentially top back when he comes back um value wise i'm okay paying a first 23 first as long as it's not the 101 maybe the 102 um just because that's going to be oh with the way that the 23 class is looking that's going to be a quarterback at this point um but i think Brees hall going into next season is going to be ranked over um a lot of the 23 running backs if not all of them what about you rich what where do you see this uh this value right now because i could be completely different to you or you could have homerism and be completely higher no I, th- I think it's it's a good buy i think you know it's not without risk anytime you're buying a player coming off an acl i would suggest maybe waiting a week or two i think that right now people that have lost Brees are reeling but they're still probably valuing him as a top five running back even though he's injured i think that if you wait a week you wait for we what I call the pain um, of having to start, you know, from Andre, not from Andre Stevenson, uh, Tuba Hubbard or Don Foreman, someone like that, and realizing actually I've walked away from twenty points a week, Brees Hall, to maybe scraping ten weeks, ten points a week. Then they'll probably be more willing, if they're a contender, to sell Brees Hall to try and get that that win now piece. I think. If you're going and buying Brees Hall as a rebuilder, it's got to be from a contender. So you've got to be paying up probably another running back. You know, if you can pivot from someone in that sort of third, fourth tier of Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, I think that's an incredible move. I would probably sell... I would sell Austin Eckler or Christian McCaffrey to go and get Brees Hall if I was completely rebuilding. If I was a contender, I'm sitting here as someone that sold a Brees Hall share for Austin Eckler and I've I've felt sick since I did it two days ago. (laughs) Yeah, 
Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably the right price point is Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler. But I think if you can sell a running back a tier or two below for Brees Hall, I think that would be a, a slam dunk move. So I've got another question for you, Rich. Um, so it's about Brian Robinson, a guy that's getting a lot of usage, but we're not seeing the efficiency right now. Um, what would you sell up, uh, sell for Brian Robinson right now, straight up? So as in picks, if we're picking a 107 or 108, where are you valuing him in the 2023 class? I feel like you've read my DLF article because uh, we've so far talked about every player that I've put in there. Um, I'm out on Brian Robinson. Okay. I feel like a horrible human being for saying that because he's had an incredible um, recovery. You know, recovery. It's it's amazing from a personal standpoint. But look, I, I just don't think that that is ever going to be a role that is hugely great for fantasy. He's splitting carries with Antonio Gibson. He's, you know, in a negative game script, he's going to come off the field and JD McKissick's going to see the passing down work. It's never going to be Brian Robinson three down back. So I would sell for any second round pick in 2023 right now. I don't think you have to sell that low. I think he's he's in that conversation. I can't believe it, but he's in that conversation where he's like a fringe first, early second round pick yeah. that you can probably get back for him. But yeah, I, I would honestly take any second round pick because I just think people are looking at those raw box score numbers and going, wow, he had 20 carries. He's really a workhorse. And it's like, well, it's only because Washington ran the ball like 30 times. Antonio Gibson also got 10 carries. You know, if that's a different game, if that's a different game script, he, he could have got, you know, 12 carries. And 12 carries with very little passing game. I think he got two two targets. That's That's not going to get it done. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm out on Brian Robinson. I think if you can get an early second, if you can get a late first for him, that is an absolute smash. As I said, I would take any second round pick. I don't think you have to take any second round pick, but that's just how how low I am because I don't see like what who wants the starting running back for the Washington team. Like it's you know it's it's not great yeah. for fantasy. They're probably going to have a new quarterback next year. It might be Sam Howe, it might be Tyler Heineke, it might be someone else. They're probably going to have a new head coach because I think Ron Rivera is going to get fired. They might even have a new blooming owner if if the league can finally find a way to force out Dan Snyder. So, yeah, I, I don't think, for me, I'm investing anything in Brian Robinson moving forward. I think I'm about the same price point. Um, I wouldn't take any second, but the if I got offered a 23 first for him, I'd smash that every, sing, every single time. Um, I think about an early second. Um, if you can get two seconds, again, smashing that. But yeah, um, I think right now Antonio Gibson is being overlooked because he's lost the role in quotation marks, but he's being hugely efficient in in the role that he is playing now. Um, I just hope that Ron Rivera sees the sees the the light and puts Gibson back into a, a more sustainable or a more guaranteed role shall we say um but rich have you apart from your dlf article have you got anything else that you want to plug um or no. remind the listeners where they can find your dlf article yeah you can find my dlf it feels like it's been mentioned more times than anything else yeah you can find it on dlf.com um no you can find me at dice island and, and that's it we need to change the uh change the pod title to rich's dlf article pod <laughs> 
So, listeners, that is all we have on the show sheet. So that's all we have for you. Um, you can find us every Tuesday at Five Yard Dynasty or at Five Yard Rush as the live stream at eight o'clock UK time or five PM EST. Um, but until next week, guys, have a great week. Stay safe. We'll see you then. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.